thermal sound wave, wave, thermal sound wave, wave. When Puffy lost his deal at MCA Records, I told I told all the people at MCA, Brute Bailey, I remember telling uh, uh, A.D. Washington, I remember telling Gerald Busby, he wasn't sick then, he had retook him, took in the company back over from um, Ernie Singleton. I remember telling them all because me, um, um, Robert Red, Brute Bailey, we down at Princess Club getting, because Puffy posted had a launch party out here, right? The launch Bad Boy Records. So me, Brute Bailey, uh, Robert Red, and a couple other people, uh, Gio Bivens, he became a, a big promotion dude too. He, he was a guy I taught the game. He was working in the legal department at MCA Records at that time, but I took him with me. I said, oh, I'm going to teach you how to street promote. Uh, so we down there putting up all the stuff for Puffy. We get a call saying, take everything down. Puffy just got dropped from the company. I said, why? What happened? Something happened that morning at a marketing meeting. They were supposed to take the MCA jet. Uh, this was G4, man, right, to L.A., have the party in L.A. Uh, uh, Mary J. Blige was supposed to perform, and uh, uh, Biggie was supposed to perform, right? Because we would always go get them. From the airport, either me or uh, Robert Red would go grab him, you know. And they said, he's not on the MCA no more. I said, what happened? And they said, well, I don't know. He got into a fight with some executive at the office in New York, right? And I remember racing back over to MCA and said, well, y'all don't regret that, man. I said, I, I told him, he's the only guy I like talking to. I don't know nothing about a half rap or hip-hop. And as a matter of fact, y'all can't stand it. Only reason why y'all dealing with rap and hip-hop now because it's making money. You understand what I'm saying? So I said, watch, one day you're going to regret that. And um, I think oh, at I that time, that. we went full-fledged. That's when Rakim, Eric B. and Rakim was over there. We went full-fledged with that. Remember the, um, what was that album? The no Delay. What, what was it called? Don't, don't Sweat the Technique was on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sweat the Technique yeah. album. Right, right. And, and I just remember telling them, y'all going to regret that, man. I said, that dude is brilliant, man. That dude knows that rap stuff, man. Because at that time, he had went from being a dancer yep. for uh, a Heavy D, remember? Yes. Mm -hmm. was, and then he um, started doing um, uh, A&R stuff because they used to always just give me all of his stuff. Well, Puffy did this, though. You tell us what you think. you the closest stuff. We don't know. We don't really understand what he's doing. I was telling him, man, this stuff is dope that this kid is doing. He's blending R&B with this, and, and he, you know... Um, because at that time, he also uh, married Jay Blige's first album. He was, like, basically did all the A&R for that, really, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, as we know now, the rest was history. I remember going out there with um, uh, I was trying to, uh, matter of fact, let me tell you all this story. I was trying to find Puffy when I heard they dropped him, right? Puffy had turned off everything. He turned off all his phones. When nobody could get in contact with him. Um, so I, I fly out to New York to go to um, Russell Simmons' um, birthday party at the jazz room. Uh, I think the way that was almost near, like, 46. And you know what I'm saying? In Broadway, that jazz room back in that cut. Supper club. And I, yeah, I, I guess it's the supper, supper club, club now. And I see Puffy, and I say, man, where you been? I've been trying to find you. I said, look, dude, I talked to um, I talked to uh, Brian Turner, and um, I convinced him to give you a deal. Remember Brian Turner, the owner of Priority Records, right? Mm -hmm. I say, so look, I know you're an East Coast dude. I convinced them even to um, to let you have Bad Boy East Coast uh, 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 priority distributed by He said, are you serious? I say, for real, man. Later on that next day, 
L.A. Reed and Babyface got in contact with him. And that was history. Harris the gave the money. Right, right. So, so obviously, there never really been turmoil like that with East Coast and West Coast people. It was really just... Media created. It was media created. Well, not really. Um, what happened was, you did start having East Coast artists that would just come out here and basically and, and poop on us, if gotcha. I can't use that other word. Uh, yeah, uh, right. yes, yes, yes. And just basically, you know, because you started having a lot of cats start moving out here. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and, and they knew that they was much more, to me, superior as artists. Okay, and what what happened was I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you where I think where the bow was shot over over the boat. It was the incident that happened with Funkmaster Flex and Dub C on the radio, where he broke his record. Okay, and that basically made it crack. So then you started hearing uh, a lot of the, the gangbangers out here, right? And it, it was certain groups that was cool, Flavor Union, them cool. Um, uh, Wu-Tang Clan, cool. KRS-One, cool. Um, LL, cool. Um, I remember the, the names they were saying. These are the ones that we ain't going to mess with. Um, well, I'm missing people. Uh, Heavy D, cool. Well, yeah, it was more cool than not cool. Right. The rest of them, and I'm being dishonest because you guys are asking me, right, with a green light on them. Wow. When you saw them at any of them industry events, it was getting robbed. You understand what I'm saying? Um, if you saw them anywhere, they was taking off on them. Um, and then you got to remember, a lot of the cats had girls that worked at the airports, that worked at wow. the hotels they were staying at. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they knew where them rooms was. Why you think after a while they took everything out of L.A.? They were robbing them cats left and right. They would go and then just stalk them at, uh, at Roscoe's and all of those places that they knew. We, that people knew that they would be at Fat Burgers. Yeah. And they straight burger. robbing them. So it was a straight drive through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't they, even drive by. They I drive had through. Them running them jewels. You know what I'm saying? Basically, just just kicking the doors in. If they was at the Four Seasons over there on Doheny, you know what I'm saying? They knew the room. This is before cameras, really. You see what right. I'm saying? Oh. Right, right, right. And for people out there that don't understand the laws of this, this are the laws of the land of L.A. and uh, sometimes they're close to certain neighborhoods which are ran by or occupied by certain organizations. Right. And they call and very heavy. They, and they just made, they, they start, and that's when, and, and you guys got to remember, and that's when the gangbangers in L.A. is basically taking the industry from us, the cats who started hip-hop out here. You see what I'm saying? They was basically running us, too. I'm going to keep it a thousand. It got so you had to be crewed up with one of them, or you weren't keeping none of that money after a while. Because mm. yeah, that's and what then, it looked like. It was it, So that was also a power shift on the West Coast as well. Right. You see what I'm saying? It was a lot of, of stuff that people that was the hip-hop purists out here, that was nothing that we could really do because we got pumped. Wow. Thermal you know sound waves. Talking to Doug Young, a.k.a. Mr. Retainer. Mr. Retainer. A.k.a. Speaking That Truth. Straight to the core. So when so now, as we fast forward, and you know, I, or let's let's rewind a little bit. What what was was it that serious of a situation with Easy E and Dr. Dre? Yeah. 
They basically gangster him. They gangster Dr. Dre? No, they gangster Easy. They gangster Easy. Well, now what? Now, now what do you mean by who's they who's him? they? Who's they? Well, who you think they is at Death Row? Come oh, on, man. Oh, at Death Row. Okay. To my Knight and, and staff. So, but for because they was like a, they gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah. To let go, Dr. Dre, and. Sometimes you Well, I mean, basically, they got him to sign some contracts under duress. Let's use the legal term. All right? Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. And basically made him sign a release. When that happened? As you know, know, all that got worked out because uh, Easy wasn't going for it, and Jerry Heller definitely wasn't going for it. Um, And that's why... um, Easy in that record he put out where he say Dre Day is my payday. So in order for greedy Brian Turner, and Brian Turner is a person I do not like. F Brian Turner if I could use profanity on him. Priority Records Brian Turner can eat a bowl of them, and you know what right. I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, can't stand that culture vulture. All right, um, he messed up a lot of the stuff out here too with his greed. Uh, he's a sucker. I got nothing good to say about him. I always told him that from now on, and I don't hold no real venom no more. Wow, you probably say, you you, you think? <laughs> but no, don't like that sucker. Um, Brian Turner did the deal with, because Brian Turner wasn't letting Dre go either. A lot of people don't understand that. Brian Turner said, that had nothing to do with me, whatever y'all even did. That's why with the first... Um, Chronic Records, remember, it was, even though it was on Interscope, Death Row, the distributor was Priority Records. Ah, okay. Got that now? That makes sense Hold on. Easy was making, let's just say off the 10, let's just give it a round number. Off that $10, we would get a tape or CD back in that day, in that time, right? Easy was making $3 per tape and CD. Wow. And that is that <laughs> tape is still selling. Yeah, 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 and will be. So, 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 ruthless still get that, and I would imagine in perpetuity royalty. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to the Wright family. Absolutely. Wow, that 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 makes a whole lot of sense. Clears up a lot of things. And with that, how did how did Bones Duck and Harmony how how do they how do they come about? You know, how do they feel? It, when they realized that, and also the when Mr. Wright Easy on his way out, the transition from here on Earth. What about his death? About his death, knowing that when certain information was getting out, and uh, did they did they feel that you know we should be doing stuff? We could have been doing stuff with Dre. If it wasn't for people like Shane. No, you got to remember, they didn't know Dre. Dre was long gone when Easy found him. Matter of fact, both us and Harmony was something that made Easy feel good about itself because at that time, um, the right was about to be on the wall because I used to go over there and just needle him. Even though I was working for Death Row and I told them um, they can keep the retainer, um, and, you know, I was still welcome in the office. You see what I'm saying? So I used to go over there and still kick it with him, and I was feeling bad about what we was about to do to that company. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and I would go over there, and uh, I remember one day, 
Yeezy was looking. He had a big old, about to swallow his head. Grinch stole Christmas smile on his face, right? When I come in his office, I said, what are you, what are you so much in a, a cheerful mood about? He said, man, I just found out. He just he just came back from Cleveland doing a show or something, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, man, I found this act, Doug. I think it's absolutely incredible. I want you to hear it, right? So he played me the stuff, and I don't know if I was just, I, I wouldn't say hating, but I couldn't understand what they were saying. I just heard some, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was just, I, I, I didn't know what they was talking about. That's so, right. And then I was over there to play him snippets of the chronic, because at that time we was kind of losing the deal, what well, the deal was over with, with Sony. So I had to come up with this Marriott, Marriott ways of, of just keeping that record alive. That record actually was done two years before it came out. So what I used to do back then was I used to make a horrible generation of a bad copy of a bad copy of it on uh, like a 60 or 90-minute tape. I, I sit up all night just recording them, right, and just keep throwing them out where if people, you know, and we would flipping, playing with songs and doing this with songs and just trying any way to tread water with the tape, right? Because we was trying to find a deal for it. Long story short, Chronic, you know, um, um, uh, who John McClain um, got to take from Dick and, uh, and them. But what, what Dick and them don't know about that story was John McClain called H.N. Gregory, which is Tupac's real manager, Digital Underground manager, okay? Mm-hmm. And he asked Atrin, you think I really, because people started hearing about kind of what was happening at Death Row actually in the early years of all the shenanigans that was going on at that solar building, right? And um, he called, uh, um, he called, because cause, uh, um, John McClain really liked, liked, liked the, the, the tape, right? And so he called Atrin and he asked him, well, what do you think I should do? You think I should mess with these guys? And Adrian called me, and I said, yeah, of course, he should mess with him. Just tell him I got the promotion, and I'm going to do my best I can as far as, I mean, we can't really control him. Let's just get it out there, man, because it's, it's getting old. You know, and how long was we really going to last on Deep Cover? And you guys still got to remember, even when Deep Cover blew up on the East Coast, it still didn't do nothing out here. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, what what are your thoughts on uh, uh Jimmy Iovine and and was he involved in the in, in the days of Death Row as far as the, the deal with the, the whole Interscope situation? Like, how, how, when did he come into play? God. What do you mean? It was always Jimmy Iovine and uh, Ted Field. Okay, but didn't they, uh, well, the didn't they lose in the early in the early days of inter, of Interscope because we was kind of better early days. Remember, they had Marky Mark. Mm-hmm. They had Nine Inch Nails. They had Marilyn Manson. They had Tupac. And mm-hmm. then my boy, um, Jerry Davis, had this. Uh, he, Interscope, actually gave this guy named Jerry Davis, who also, let me give you guys this crazy story. Jerry Davis had this, this rapper named Mama Dia. And guess who the other rappers he had? Ooh. A group called Cypress Hill. And he put out Mama Dia first. And I told him, what was you thinking about? He got, he got a huge deal with Interscope first. He was the first rap people over there with Jerry Davis. Because he had worked at 
ASCAP at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And had the fly office on Kawango right there as it's turning into the Hollywood Bowl in, in Los Angeles. And he put out Mama Dia first. And, and Cypress Hill got so mad at him. Um, and I told him, I told him when he did that, I said, man, Cypress Hill is cool on you, dude. Um, and I think they went and got Amanda, which was um, Ted. Remember the guys that did MTV rap? It was their, her girl, it was his girlfriend. The Amanda one that Lewis. died, the maker of MTV rap. Oh. And she started managing them. And I tried to get, and this is why I'm mad at Brian Turner, speaking of Cypress Hill. So once he lost his deal, he was scrambling around trying to, to get another deal. Once he lost his deal with Interscope, uh, he started scrambling around trying to get a deal for Cypress Hill, but would nobody mess with Cypress Hill, right? So I begged Brian Turner to sign Cypress Hill. I said, Brian, just please do it for me for a favor, man. And he would not do it, dude. And I said, man, you're going to throw off what I'm trying to do here because I wanted him to sign Cypress Hill. I wanted him to sign DJ Quick. If we'd have had them cats with NWA, I had Dub C and Aladdin over there in low profile. That was my group. I'm the executive producer. That first album, we're in this together, right? Yeah. So I said, dude, we have got to get, because them guys, Courtney and Tracy is about to go to New York and do a deal. And Jerry Davis is about to lose Cypress Hill to Amanda. And I knew Amanda got all them East Coast contacts. That's how they then was able to get uh, Chris, Chris Schwartz from Rough House. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To do the deal with Cypress Hill. So that's when me and Brian Turner fell fell out totally. I, I, I said, man, you're about to mess up what I'm trying to do and make you the death jam of L.A. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So Cypress Hill ends up leaving Jerry after we couldn't do no, couldn't get him to deal at priority. Um, goes with Amanda. Uh, Chris was from Rough House signed him. And then from there, you know, Chris signed, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Wycliffe and them, you know, the, Fugees. Uh, the Fugees. He signed Chris Cross because I was working all of those records for him because Cypress Hills was still my boys. When Cypress Hill was making their album, my group was making their album. They were roommates of DJ Aladdin and Muggs was roommates. When they were both making their their different their albums, right? Mm-hmm. So we would we would kick it all day with each other, you know, um, and um, then just everything went downhill. Me and Brian Turner fell out. Dub C and Aladdin fell out. I was losing all my deals. I had the baddest rap girl that never came out named Rock and Rod. My other project just fell apart, which was the KMCs. And rock and Dr. Dre was gonna do like eight songs on Rock and Rods, and everything just fell apart. That's why I'm cool on Brian Turner. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, a big up to uh, Sh- Sh- Sean B from Seven Eight Three and whatnot. Yeah, who? Uh, yeah, that's my man. Yeah, and then Brad, Brad and Sean. You can't forget his brother. Yeah, yes, 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 indeed. That's right. I worked that record for Geffen Records. Okay, okay. Yeah, Sean went to my high school. Okay, well, he, yeah, they was on Geffen, and uh, uh, my man. Um, What's my man Jeff Finster signed? Wow, Jeff Finster. That's well. That's, a, that's an interesting name. People out here, they might be listening to us right, listening yeah, to us right yeah. now. You, you, like, you're getting people. You're getting history. These like are, you, you all need to do your research. If you don't know who we are talking about and the different peoples, and so y'all go out there and do your research. Okay, these are the people do that your were research. The ones that be signing off on checks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it just a lot of people. I was 
you know, making things work and holding back things from working. Exactly. Now, NWA, the, the Straight Outta Compton movie, are you involved? Are you retainer on that as Mr. well in any, in any way? The new movie that uh, F. Gary Gary is uh, directing? Um, actually, I heard that they uh, finally dropped my, what they what they call dropping my character in. At first, I wasn't even in the movie, but no, I heard they now cast somebody for Doug Young and I just heard this like a couple of days ago. They wrapped the movie um, uh, probably two weeks ago. Remember when you guys was out here? They was over at the um, it was over at the uh, sports arena. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So right. like a couple of weeks after that, the they wrapped the movie. I was supposed to be doing a street style promotion for it, but that thing is so weird that all I'm going to do is just not really talk about it because you got everybody walking around Dr. Dre and Ice Cube on eggshells. <laughs> oh, really? Why is that? Why would they be walking like on that, eggshells? Okay? <laughs> I got to stay politically correct with that one. Right? <laughs> Do you really <laughs> have to? Leave it alone. <laughs> uh, come on, Doug. I thought you were Doug Young from the West Coast. You can't keep real. And that's one of the ones I'm not swimming against. No riptide. You okay? checked in clear yet. I, I, yeah, you yeah, checked in clear. clear. I, I know what you're saying. You got to retain it. You're saying they ain't clear yet. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm gotcha. not about to mess mine off. Remember, <laughs> there's going to be so many people that get to be on that hill when it all goes down. You understand oh, what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. It's been wow. years in the May. I wish absolutely. I would cluck mine off. I'm 52 years old, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear dummies talking about Dre this and Dre that. I ain't got nothing bad to say right. about no Dr. Dre. Right. I would. Now, <laughs> I wish I would. Now, okay. Dre, Dre, Dre gave us some beats by Dre. <laughs> yeah. Retainer. Beats by Hold Dre. That. Yeah. Hold that. Yeah, he was beating people earlier. Allegedly. I was, I was there at that incident. That was with D. Barnes. Oh, you was there yeah. at the incident? I'm the one that jumped in the fight to help her. I'm the one that was sitting up against the wall talking to her. Then he came over. I was telling you about the girl, Rockers Ross, right? Now, now, yeah, hold, hold yeah, on. Yeah, hold, yeah. Before we go any further, we'd like to say, you know, when we say Beast by Dre, we're talking about his headphones. So please understand, well, we do I not condone. That, it, it, I know that. I heard that the, that the um, what's that? The Facebook joke. Yes, yes. I've yes, heard about that. Yes. I'm not on Facebook. So, yeah, you, you were talking about. The Rock and Raws, and you were there. Okay, yeah, this is what happened. Okay, it was a Def Jam party. Phyllis Pollock gave it, right? And it was at the uh, Speakeasy on Sunset. So, um, you know, it was a great party. It was an open bar. Everybody's in there. Russell, Leo, everybody's in there. Um, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, 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 they was doing a UMTV, uh, Ed Freddy, and Dre. Ed Lover. All of New Year. Ed Lover and Dre. All of New York was in the house. I remember Pop was in there. Digital Underground was in there. Everybody's in there. I, I remember seeing Trench is in there. Uh, I think Latifa was at that party. Um, it was just one. This is when, you know, it was all up between both coasts. And, you know, they, they would come out here and party with us. And we'd go the out there and party with them. This is what's doing that, that just, it was all love phase, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Dre was still in NWA. Cube had left, remember? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember seeing Pumping Up that night. And um, that was a great um, show, too. Yeah, that, that's what show. all kicked it off. What happened was NWA had the whole show to 100 miles and running um, uh, episode show. And um, that's when, uh, remember, uh, Martin used to come on. And then pump it up. Lisa out here on the West Coast would come on at the end of the night, and that you know yeah, that, that was yeah. that was that was it. It was a wrap. It was uh, eleven o'clock. 
I used to get in the shower because I used to have to be in a marketing meeting at Priority that next morning, right? It was right? like that on the East, too. Same same time situation mm. on the East as well. It was late night. So anyway, man, um, me and D was kicking it with each other that whole night. I'm I'm talking, you know, talking crap to her, trying to spit at her, trying to tell her some you-know-what. Spit some isms. And, uh, yeah, I was trying to tell her some isms. I was trying to tell her something, you know. <laughs> so we had fun, and me and her leaned up against the um, bathroom wall. I see, first I see Dre and DLC and his bodyguard come up. I say, hey, what's up, Dre? So uh, I talked, I say, I, I remember just, you know, uh, I remember, I, I say, hey, man, Dre, I, I talked too easy. I talked to uh, Jerry Heller. He said, cool, you can do six songs on Rock and Rise. He was like, yes, because everybody wanted to work with this girl, Rock and Rise, man, right? She was the baddest hip-hop female no disrespect to any of the ones that are out, and everybody going to tell me I'm crazy. Well, she was bad in the MC Light and Latifah, yep. Uh, never came out. This girl never did. That is one of the tragedies of the West Coast. It's rock and rock. Um, so um, they said, you can do uh, uh, six songs, man. But Dre, just do eight for me, man. And then I'll have, I'll tell him, I'll have uh, Jam and James and uh, 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 I Rock and them do the rest, right? So... He said, yeah, 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 it's all good. So they wasn't drunk yet, right? I'm kind of getting there, right? <laughs> so at the end of the night, me and um, D still hanging with each other, right? And um, Still spinning that isms. Up, we, we leaned up against the wall. So I see I see DLC. He, he, he goes down the stairs, right? And uh, I see Dre. He slides back up to me and says, okay, duh, I'll, he said, you going to the marketing meeting tomorrow, Perry? I said, yeah, I'll be at the marketing meeting. I said, man, thanks, Dre, man. So, you know, give him a pound, give him a hug. Yes, yes, Dre going to do the stuff on Rock and Rise, right? Retainer. Uh-huh. So then uh, Dre looks over at um, D. He says, well, this shit, what's you doing? Uh, oop, I'm sorry. Oop. Easy, easy, that's easy. Some, that's some messed up stuff you did on your um, show. What was that? Then, uh, well, go ahead. Finish, finish. We'll get back to what was that. Go ahead. Okay. He said, that's some messed up stuff you did on your show. And um, I didn't really catch it. And then all I heard her say was, oh, no, Dre, that was the producer. And then that, the part, oh, no, Dre, that was the producer that edited that part, the edit part. And all he right, did, right. like, fired on her. Wow. I mean, closed fist. And imagine he's drunk, so he's yeah. not realizing that he's, he's just, drunk. Just straight going in. And he, and, he, and, and he just started wailing on her right right mm-hmm. so yeah, we heard it was like him like a guy fighting a guy how he went yeah exactly basically went right out. so all of a sudden the drunken me just came down because it's hit me he's beating this girl up and i'm using the clean version of this record. right yes okay and so i grabs him you know try to do that sleeper hole on him to get him off of her Cause he just he's whooping her really bad, and I mean, you can just see he he was an enraged drunk whooping her like right. Um, so then his bodyguard grabs me. Wait, the bodyguard has, grabs huh? you, not him. So yeah, grabs me and just smacked me in the face with a gun. And I mean, he hit me so hard. You know how you can get hit so hard, you just see that black red slap. Right. Wow. And he hit me on the um, he hit me on the right side of my face right and you just it's like what you see on the cartoons the birdie the cuckoo the stars start flying yeah the sparks the whole night and it was like and then um 
all of a sudden when he hit me, I felt two teeth in my mouth. <laughs> wow. And I spit out, and it was a, just a goo glob of blood, right? And I looked at the team, and now I'm mad. And I just put them in my pocket, right? And I'm trying to go to town on dude. So Dre looking over at me, he was like, no, nah, Doug, that's it. He tell his body, he goes, no, nah, man, that's Doug, Doug's cool, Doug's cool, Doug's cool, right? Then he goes back to whooping on her. So dude's trying to block me out, and I'm, you know, I'm a real thin dude, so I scooch on the dude's leg, and I start... Uh, uh, got Dre off of her, and uh, and we was all wrestling down on the floor. So then, um, and then I can just hit, feel getting stumped on my back and kicked in. I mean, just stumped in the back of my neck, stumped on my head, stumped in my shoulder blades in the back, in the back, and you know, kicked in my buttocks and all of that. So what I did was I just covered her up, and I'm just now getting whirled on right, and now I'm in like a fetal position, right? So. All of a sudden, I just, you know, you feel they stopped. And then, uh, um, and it was so, it was a trip because it was kind of happening in slow motion. And as I'm trying to kind of peeking up and looking at everybody, it's like everybody was in the party just standing there just looking at us. And then at this time, she was in a rap group on Delicious Vinyl. She so was. all the people in Delicious Vinyl was there. Def Jeff is there. Uh, uh, Tone Lopez is in the house. Uh, she was being managed by uh, uh, Dre. From um, you know, uh, um, Doc, you know, the uh, Dr. Dre uh, from you know, your own TV raps. Yeah, from your own TV raps. Um, uh, I, I see, I see Mike Ross, you know, the owner of Delicious Final. I see Matt Dykes in there, the producer that you know, and I see them all. I see M Walk, and there wasn't nobody even helping. You know, they just standing there like just looking, and so they they finally take off running down the stairs because they say. Uh, somebody was calling the police at the bar, I guess. So they take off downstairs, and I guess uh, at that time, they must have planned it because now that I think about DLC, DLC went and got that car. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, sometimes you play something back in your head, right? Because it was like he would usually be just sitting up there talking with him. But what I think happened was DLC went and got that car. I think you got a problem, so had, Houston. Yeah, it, it ain't it, fucking it, it, enough. It was a black vet. They had a black vet at <laughs> yeah. that time, right? Mm-hmm. And, um... So when they leave, I, I get up, I, I, I pick her up. She was crying hysterically. Slob was coming out of her nose, out of her mouth. She was a bloody mess. I'm a bloody mess. I'm mangled. She mangled. And uh, we went in the bathroom, and then people started trying to come to the bathroom, and I started. <laughs> oh, now that's what people are yeah, Exactly. Get out of here, you know, but I'm cursing. Like, get out of here. You didn't help us then. And um, she was shaking. She was shaking. So, you know, I turned on the cold water, and, and her hair was all messed up, and and just wiping the blood off her face and wiping the, the, the crying out of her eyes and just kept grabbing tissue and just trying to wipe her off. And, and then she just kept saying, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that for all these people. I can't believe you did that for all these people. I can't believe she just kept saying that. And then um, I said, just calm down. Just calm down. Don't you? I'm going to call the police on this. You know what? I'm going I'm to call the police. I'm going to sue. I'm going to sue this. You know what? You know, that whole thing. And, um, she did, yeah. So you trying to tell me that what it, what it comes down to is you pretty much what? saved her life. Saved her, yeah. Because who if you who, did, if you who's if to you say, got beaten like that, who's to say how far he would have gone? Exactly. Because <laughs> if, if you caught the blows for covering her, what well, more I could she tell I can't act all that. Let me finish the story, okay? So so she calls the police, right? So I got to 
so my weasel card too. I, I'm a weasel in this too. Let me finish this story. Um, and uh, remember, he's still at Ruthless. He ain't quit yet. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Um, so first couple of times we, you know, DA calls me. You gonna show up in court? Yeah, I'm gonna show up in court. I'm gonna be there. We are gonna get his butt. You know, blue blood. Matter of fact, no, no. Let me back up the story. Matter of fact, the next day when I go to priority for the marketing meeting because that party happened on a Sunday, right? I see Dre. I say, Dre, you went out. What, what was that all about? I said, you, you you beat up a girl. You mangled a girl and you beat my you-know-what, too. He went, man, I know that's why I came over here today to apologize. You done when I thought about it, man. This morning when I woke up, man, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean and that, that, and the other. I said, dude, she gonna sue you and I'm going to court. I'm gonna be snitching. Um and um so, you know, the first couple of times we went to court and then Dre, like I told you guys, he left ruthless. Started a label like called Death Row. And this is like I gotta show my weaselness. Um I all of a sudden didn't remember what happened. Yep, sure did. And then what's so weird about it, remember the dude that um used to be in all the Snoop video and used to uh, direct the Snoop video. That was her husband later on. That's Snoop's cousin. Okay, so one time um, I'm somewhere with my second wife from Denmark, and she was in one of the commercials, and I saw D. I hadn't seen D since I didn't show up in court and all kind of stuff. And so I see D. She see me, and we're on set, right? So I'm like, oh, God. And we just go over and talk to her. And um, I say, I'm sorry. And so me and her just started talking, right? And um, um, we went away from, like, the set, you know, like with little picnic tables they have. And we just started talking. I just say, look, D, um, I was wrong. I mean, at that time, she had already got paid from, I'm like, maybe quarter million or half a million bucks. I say, but look, when I started working at Death Row, there was nothing I can do. You know, I couldn't do nothing. I knew that. Uh, he said, but you should at least told me something. I said, what did I tell you? He was, I mean, uh, I'm a weasel. What? She said, well, at least you always be honest and keep it real. You, you know, I think she said, and I hadn't seen her in years. She said, I see you still does, huh? I said, yeah, I mean, that was, that was going to be my um, end game as far as this, this music business went. You know, I was going to do that record, Dr. Trey's Chronic, because, you know, like I told her, I didn't like the music business no more. I was going to do the Snoop first doggy style album. That means I would, I would have been in charge of the promotion for Straight Out of Compton. I did Q's, America's Most Wanted. I did all the Q's records up to Lethal Injection, which I think was his wackest record I did. Um, uh, I did Death Certificate. I did Kill at Will. I uh, did, uh, which was my favorite Q record, America's Most Wanted, of course. I did Easy Does It. I did a DLC record. You know, remember, I'm in charge of promotion for all this stuff. Right. I did the Straight Outta Compton. Um, matter of fact, I helped save Cypress Hill first record because they almost blew that record by not knowing what they were doing with it. So I did that record. I did my Google profile. Um, and that was just basically was my end game at that point. And, and at that point, I was all in because as we now know and realize Death Row was turning into basically some gang banging but in the music business. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. And even and some it, gang bangers were scared to even be there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a, it was a trip because like Death Row early day office 
it was like five of us in there with Sharita, which was Suge Knight's wife. You had Kim Brown, who was an incredible executive, and I didn't even know that she was only 18 years old. But she was she was smart as a whip, and she still works in the industry to this day. You had Kevin Black, who was just a DJ and used to hang around and do all the DJ stuff for us. I'm the one that taught Kevin Black the promotion game. I took him with me. I usually would take my brother on the road with me. But I remember how, like, the way he was. He, and then we had Roy Testerson. So that was the five people at that office at the, in the early, that was their flow, that's it. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, me and Kim basically did all of the dealings with uh, Interscope. It was me and Kim. I would I would deal with uh, Steph Johnson. At that time, you had Faye Duvernay over there. Ems was over there. Uh, I would deal with them, and I would deal with Steve Berman. Cause remember, he's the check man. I always had to know where to get that check from. Get every time. Uh, um, and, um, and basically... It, it turned into gangbanging. You know, you'd go in the office and you would have the bloods, mainly all the bloods with security dudes. You know, you know, death row, we were deep in there. You know, death row, the security cats and all the cats from Pyro to all the bloods, they looked like a football team. Remember, all these are Shug homies that played football, too. So, like so Shug also played for the Rams, huh? correct? What's that? Shug Knight also played for the Rams, correct, at one point? No, no, no. That was his cousin, the one that got got caught up in that triple homicide. And remember with the cheerleaders having him take cocaine uh, on the flight? Allegedly. Right, right. Well, yeah. Allegedly. So, right. Yeah, so go, allegedly. go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it ain't too allegedly because he went to jail for it. Um, Permanently. Yeah. Yep. Done. Um, uh, what happened? What big big um, shout-out to our guy, uh, uh, Big Los. That did work over there. That was doing a lot of things in this business also. Uh, you know, he's a guy, prominent figure, gentleman. Who? Big Los. Carlos. Um, Carlos. Who said his name again? Big Los. I mean, it must have been after me. You know, yeah. must have been after me. Because remember, I'm out of there like around. The last thing I really did there was murder was the case. But that wasn't really, I was, you know. The last thing that I was really, my whole heart was into was the Above the Rim soundtrack. And that was over with, like, in 94 at Freaknik. We get into all them shootouts out there in Atlanta. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, and then that's when Death Row was just large. You know, I knew that they wouldn't miss me. Um, I don't know Big Lowe's. Harry O did put up the money from jail. Harry used to call the office all the time. Basically, Death Row was, like I told you, those five people... And then when you would go in, all the security, all the bloods would be, it'd be usually always about 30 or 30, there'd be like 20 to 30 of them in there deep, right? And then we had, you know, a lot of, you know, off-duty sheriffs and police that worked for us. They had their own little corner of the office hidden behind this wall. And then, you know, all the crips would be in my office. That would be Snoop, Dad, and all of them, you know. On that, on gotcha. in my office side, and when like when you would come into this big black, black back door, and back in the day, once you come in, you would just see number blood. It'd be a steam, big old. I mean, all these dudes is like I'm six three and a half, but I'm slim. I'm like one eighty. You know, all these dudes like six three to six seven. You know, look like looking look like a football team, not smiling. And, yeah, oh yeah, my God! Yeah. And then don't let us be like, 
like on the road somewhere, because then a gang of other people would be with us, right? So, I mean, the way the death row used to mob, it was like, man, we used to scare people out of the lobby. You can just start seeing people scatter when we used to hit lobbies. That, well, we could go on and on and on for days, but we got got to, you know, end this now. We, we've kept you for a while well, anyway. So times. It, it, a lot of history, a lot of history going on and, and things that's happening. And uh, one last question. In mm-hmm. regards to the uh, movie, Straight Outta Compton, you said they got somebody to, to play Doug Young. Now, you don't know who that is, but if you had your choice of who could play you, who would you want to play you? Or an, it, an actor out there. Or if it, or I, if it I was just, I, I just, No, I just want a person that can act. Okay. So no, That's no, it. just, just yeah. they can act, no particular preference. You don't yeah, have, you don't sure, have a, I'm, I'm quite sure I'm going to be in there a hot minute because I think what they, they see where they had to have me in there, like when, the first time Easy ever met Jerry Heller, I'm at that meeting because Jerry asked me to be at the meeting. I didn't know that because Jerry told me uh, in his book. You see what I'm right. saying? I didn't even know. I thought he had already met Easy. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, so, and then the first time from the McCullough years of going over to to do the deal with Priority, uh, come to find out, Mark Ceramic told me years later, I was the turning point in that deal. They wasn't sure, but when I was explaining to them, Counts of records that the uh, uh, twelve inches I used to see coming out of Macola, and then they, they they said they felt really secure that I knew what I was doing in them streets and that we didn't need no radio play. As I told them, even back then, that radio play would hurt these records. We don't need it. I got this. All you guys got to do is just press them records and get out of my way. They started cracking up when I said that. Either everybody started cracking up at that meeting, and at that meeting, the first priority meeting was myself. Uh, my, my my fraternity brother Hilton was with me. It was Dr. Dre was there. Easy was there. Uh, Mark Ceramic, Brian Turner, Jerry Heller. That's it. So fast forward to what you just said just now. Fast forward to today's age. Do you still feel that people don't really need radio to get their music? Well, out? well, see, you know, and, and people age. always ask that. People always ask me that question now. Yes, they do now, because I'm going to tell you why. Everybody always say the Internet, the Internet this, the Internet that. The problem with the Internet, too, is there are no gatekeepers. We got all of these hip-hop, old-school hip-hop sites, this hip-hop site, and you got all of this where you really can just get a following off the Internet. But because of the way that I think people think psychologically within themselves, and this is why... You only got a few people to me that are eating. Remember them 14 songs that we hear all day, every day, if you ever listen to them sorry radio stations right now? Mm-hmm. And got the nerve to ask you to call them up and request a record. <laughs> you request one of those 14 songs? Is that what you mean? Because you ain't asking me to request no record. Right, right. So, and you got too much of it out there. So... That's one of the things I think we're going to address, you know, when, when we get together on the ninth out here in out there in New York. Universal Hip Hop Museum, 40th yeah, anniversary. Those are some of the things that we're going to really address, guys. Let's we're going to it. We're going to make we're going to make these uh, so-called, um, uh, 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 you know, these, these shows like the Grammys. You ain't going to tell. You ain't going to give no Macklemore and whoever some hip hop artist of the year. Who sanctioned them as a hip hop artist? No, those are rappers. Gotcha. Got, yeah, They've got yeah. uh, two elements of hip-hop. And then those are some of the things that I want to talk to Bambada and, and Rocky and all of those people about. 
how many elements of this hip hop do we say of of, of, of hip hop do we declare a person either hip hop or rap? Anybody can rap. See, that's the problem with hip hop. Remember, like in music, either you could sing or you could perform, right? Right. But with rap, anybody that could talk thinks they could rap. Right. Just true indeed. True indeed. Well, we'll be there on the ninth. So we'll, we'll definitely there. we'll definitely see you then, and it, but we'll be in touch before then, you know. All right, guys. Try and, and try and find out how we can get some retainers for for yeah, ourselves definitely. as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you need that, if you, you need help, hold on. As, as Biggie said, now you know that's a linesman job. Okay? <laughs> yeah, y'all me know and that's C. a linesman job in order to go get the retainers. The big R.I.P. Big Pop itself said certain things is for linesmen, man. Hey, Kev Lawrence and Seachus can play you and your brother in these movies. Exactly. And exactly. you can hold a retainer from us once we get the check That's right. first. That's right. We'll pay you ahead of time. Exactly. Yeah, so, back so everybody knows. Hey, 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 before I get off, let me shout my little brother, man. Let me shout my little youngster. Napoleon the Legion is in here. No doubt. And, and everybody, y'all going to see Doug Young being played by a 5'9 guy, but he can act, though. <laughs> Even though no, Doug's 6'3". I'm, I'm a tall, skinny, 6'3 and a half guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, in the, movie, in the movie, they'll put somebody 5'8 in there playing you. Well, I don't care blonde. about all that. Actually, I'm glad to hear that they finally even came to their senses. But like I say, I'm not going to piss up, up the tick off Dre and Q. Gotcha, gotcha. If I have Brock well, Lesnar playing Doug Young. We definitely appreciate you uh, <laughs> taking time out and being on the program. And uh, we're definitely going to build with you uh, when we get back out west as well on, you know, the, the program for kids oh, for and sure. stuff like I that. I want to run y'all through Compton, man, all over South Central L.A. Oh, hey, we can, wait, we wait, can wait, walk wait, through Compton. Wait, yeah. Y'all email me this show? Duck, 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 duck. We Tell can, them, We can walk through Compton. We don't got to run through Compton. We <laughs> hey, 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 fool. Why are you running through? Easy, easy, we easy now, Doug. We, we'll, walk, we'll walk through Compton. Compton's in the house without a doubt. <laughs> shout out to Compton. Shout out to the Hub City. Shout out to South Central LA. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? And thank you, Doug and, and Big Nom, because all y'all, people told us out there, you know, you guys are like one of the very few guys that can actually go to every hood without any problem because of how much respect. Me, I, mean, I, I tell people like this. I'm from San Francisco, right? And actually the word blip is, a, is somebody that's being dissed by gang members. You know what a blip is? A oh, blip yeah. is a person that be, when he over in this neighborhood, he claiming bloods. When he over here, he claiming crips. So they call him a blip. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. gotcha. And, but I'm the I'm the closest thing to a blip you'll find because I don't gang bang. I go in anybody's hood and don't nobody tell me what to do. I hang out, uh, I would say, predominantly with the 60s and, you know, uh, the families. And, you know, the pie rules. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, but those mm-hmm. are my friends. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, and when sir. I very first got to L.A., I would say I landed in Rolling 60 because that's where all the DJ was. Battle Cat, Romeo, all of them from Rolling 60. Eric Kirkland you know from Portrait, the group Portrait. Yeah, all of that. So a lot of, a lot of this stuff, too, people, is neighborhood. That's where this person just so happens. Parents had a house in that neighborhood. Got you. Absolutely. All right, guys. But look, let me go because my daughter from Australia is blowing this phone up. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Handle that, man. (laughs) It's around the world. All right, Doug. Okay. Peace. Peace. Thermal sound waves, a natural alternative to fast food radio. Thermal sound waves.